This is Leader ReadyCast, a monthly podcast featuring real-world lessons, best practices, and action-oriented insights for the urit moments when you're called upon to lead. Leader ReadyCast is the official podcast of the National Preparedness Leadership Initiative, a joint program of the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health and the Center for Public Leadership at the Harvard John F. Kennedy School of Government. Subscribe to Leader ReadyCast wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hello, and welcome to the latest minicast episode of Leader ReadyCast, where we're talking about the latest news you can use for leading through the coronavirus pandemic. Our guest today is Dr. Greg Siatone. He's the Medical Preparedness Director for the National Preparedness Leadership Initiative. He's also an Associate Professor of Emergency Medicine at Harvard Medical School, and is the Director of the Division of Disaster Medicine at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center, where he works clinically in the Department of Emergency Medicine. He's known around the world as an expert in disaster and crisis medicine, and he's going to share some of his insights with us today. Greg, welcome to the program. Thanks, Eric. It's uh, it's a pleasure being here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, we really appreciate that you've taken a few minutes of your time to share your insights with us. The first question I have for you is, as a medical expert, how do you help leaders lead through this? And I want you to answer it in, in two parts. The first is, if you're advising people in, in the healthcare or medical space, uh, what, what advice do you give to them? And then secondly, we'll tackle the, the non-medical folks, the political officials and others who have to communicate that kind of information. So first, you, you, you walk into a health system, you meet the leaders, what's the advice you give them? How do they lead right now? Yeah, so, you know, we're, <clears throat> we're in an interesting time in this, in this crisis now. We're about, uh, you know, almost uh, two months into it. And, um, you know, the community is, is, is struggling with the social distancing issues, but healthcare community is also uh, struggling with different stages of this, uh, of this crisis, of this pandemic. Uh, so if you look around the United States, again, you know, there are still some spots that, are, that are, would still be considered hot spots, including here in Boston, uh, as well as other uh, areas that haven't really gotten a surge yet and, and are in that preparedness phase where they're ramping up for the surge. Um, and there's some areas that look like they might be coming down off of the curve a little bit. Um, certainly not, you know, in, in the clear, as we say, but but seems to have turned the corner. So, you know, there's different recommendations for each one of those stages, whatever whatever part of the country you happen to be in as far as um, where you are in the in the pandemic and the crisis. Uh, so for healthcare people, uh, leaders, what we, you know, recommend is obviously if you're if you're in a hot spot, you know, you're fully engaged in the response. So so you're doing what you can to protect your healthcare workforce. You know, you may, you've hopefully already sourced uh, the PPE and the the uh, the equipment like ventilators and other things that you need. Um, and you know, you're 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 fully engaged. Uh, so that, that and that's sort of the response phase. For those that are not in that response phase, yeah, not in a hot spot, but you know, haven't seen a surge yet. You know, while you may not see a surge, especially if you're uh, utilizing these social distancing strategies and, and isolation in the community, you're doing those, you know, well, then, you know, hopefully you won't see that surge that, o- that overwhelms the healthcare capacity. But as healthcare providers and leaders, uh, we have to prepare for the worst. So we have to assume that, you know, where we are is going to get a surge that's going to overwhelm our capacity and prepare for that. So you should re- really take in this time, you know, so that, that you don't have the fog of war, you know, as they say, when the response happens, you should be taking this time to really fully re- prepare. And, um, uh, you know, that means, you know, everything we just talked about, but but start planning out how you're going to do things. And some, sometimes we like to recommend that you do this in a stepwise fashion. So, you know, when you get X number of cases, let's say in your hospital or in your healthcare system that are, they're infected, 
you know, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to take this step. And when we get that many more cases, we're going to take this step and we get to, you know, a certain percentage of med surge beds that are being filled and certain percentage of ICU beds that are filled. We're going to take this next step. And a lot of it is just, you know, reorganizing healthcare workforce, you know, um, a lot, most places already have been, have been shutting down some elective services. Um, but, you know, we, we sort of re, um, uh, restructuring your, your work, your healthcare workforce so that, that those personnel can come to where they're needed most looking for alternate care sites, you know, like you've seen the field hospitals and convention centers and that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, that's what you should be doing uh, from the preparedness uh, point of view. Now, if you're, if you're cresting the curve or, or coming down on the other side of the curve, well, you know, unfortunately, you're not in the clear yet. Until we get a vaccine, there's, you know, there's that chance that we're going to see another surge, especially as we start downregulating these social distancing strategies, which is a whole other conversation. But, um, you know, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, sort of sit back on your on your your laurels, as we say, and and you know, think that you're in the clear. I would still continue to maintain that, you know, sense of uh, readiness, so that uh, if a surge were to happen again, if we were to get another surge as we downregulate the social distancing strategies, or if we see another surge, let's say next fall, uh, that your healthcare system is prepared. So, <clears throat> for the healthcare leaders. I think that's probably, you know, the best advice. Now, for non-healthcare leaders, you know, really it's uh, the response, first of all, it's the responsibility of, of non-medical leaders and non-healthcare leaders, say, in government um, to be fully educated by their experts so that they're conveying, you know, intelligent data that's been, that, that's, that's data-driven. You, you can explain what you're doing. It's evidence-based and, you, and, you know, you're doing the best job you can. Now, the reality is, this is a, this is a, not only a novel virus, but this is unprecedented in our history. Um, the last time something like this happened was in 1918. Of course, you know none of us were around then, so we don't have that muscle memory of how we should do these things. So it's really the, the onus on, on leaders are to do all those things that we talk about in the NPLI um, around meta leadership and crisis leadership. But you know, really, you got to do them well. You got to again take data from scientists, make evidence-based decisions with, with the knowledge, however, that you may not have all the evidence right now, and you might need to change those decisions as this, as this crisis progresses. You know, we talk about pivoting. As the crisis, as the disaster turns left and turns right, you know, you need to pivot and turn left and turn right with it. And that, that's what really makes a, a crisis leader so effective. Um, and, then, and then, you know, most importantly, I think, is be honest. Um, you know, let, let's face it, there's a lot of bad news during this crisis. And rather than trying to either sugarcoat it or even, you know, worse, try to uh, cover it up, you know, convey the bad news. Say, listen, this isn't good news. You know, we, we're seeing a rise in cases. We're seeing a rise in, in, in the case fatality rates. Uh, you know, we're seeing a rise in deaths. Um, uh, you know, say it as it is. This is a highly educated public. They will know when you're not giving them the full truth. Uh, and they will hold you accountable for that. So even if it's bad news, just convey the truth, say this is the situation. However, this is, these are the steps that we're taking to, to try to remedy the situation. And then finally, always provide that hope. There's got to be hope. There's got to be a light at the end of the, tent, end of the tunnel. So when you're a leader, you know, you use all these strategies. And, and then finally, you have to say, listen, we will come out of this. We will get through this. You know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So I guess, you know, uh, in, in, a, in a broad sense, those are the recommendations I would give. And so I, and you've pulled up a, a number of excellent points, which is the complexity of these decisions. And in some ways, these are the less worse decisions, because if you're that non, if you're that political leader, for example, you're looking at, so what do I do given the epidemiological data and there's the economic data and there's no sort of, there's not an easy black or white here. This is a, a lot of having to go through a number of variables and, and figure out as best you can. And so thank you for your guidance there. So. As you watch people leading in this situation, what are some of the traps you see leaders falling into? 
Well, you know, um, I, I guess, you know, one trap I would say is, uh, you know, trying to grasp uh, grasp straws, as they say. You know, we, we've seen some uh, this, this hype come up about around, you know, the hydroxychloroquine um, and some other, you know, uh, either remedies or other, other um, uh, ways to proceed that really have not been uh, proven out yet to be effective. And really, you know, this is not a time to you know, throw science away. And I think that, you know, one trap would be, would be certainly that is to, you know, though you may have limited um, uh, data and, and science driven evidence, uh, use what you have. And also, you know, if you don't have a lot of data around something as hopeful as we all are that, that, that something would work, try to limit, you know, the, the backing of it, you know, until you do understand it more, because that can get into some dangerous ground. Um, I guess, you know, the, the other, the other thing too, is it's a really, difficult time right now as we, we look at both trying to downregulate the social distancing strategies, but also ensuring that we don't have another surge, either a surge right now um, or a surge, let's say, later, like in the fall. And and I guess another trap, uh, you know, I would say try not to fall into is, is try not to talk out of both sides of your mouth, essentially. Try not to say one thing, meaning say, you know, we need to have social distancing strategies and isolation so that we can blunt this curve. We can continue to blunt the curve so we can, you know, ensure that, that you know, we, the, the minimal amount of loss of life occurs. But then at the same time, do something else like, you know, support those who are, who are going against the idea of social distancing strategies. You know, again, it's a very educated public, you know, people understand and see, um, you know, what, what's going on. And if you're saying one thing and you're doing another, it really, uh, it really defeats, you know, what you're trying to accomplish. And so how do we as leaders get around some of those traps? I and mean, you've talked about this in the beginning in terms of listening to your experts, getting your facts right, being, being consistent. Yet there is an enormous uh, cacophony of advice almost. Because there isn't one single leader in this case. There are there's federal people, there's governors, there's mayors, there's corporate executives, there's the healthcare people, the epidemiologists. How do we try and create some, some uh, more coherence out of that chaos in order to get people to, as you say, do the kind of behaviors we need them to do if we're going to blunt this curve over the long term? Well, again, you know, I, I think that's the art of crisis leadership, right? I mean, you know, this is a very complicated crisis. This is not, first of all, it's not just a healthcare crisis. Obviously, it's a healthcare crisis, but now we are, you know, the the, the way we have, have treated it appropriately uh, is leading us into an economic crisis, you know. And, and then on top of that, just the, you know, the emotional and, 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 and the community um, uh, uh, issues around, you know, isolation and staying at home for two months, you know, it, is, it has a, a big toll, you know. So this is a really complicated crisis. So yeah, I think I think you have to understand it, because it's so complicated, you know, you need to gather experts that kind of reach across the aisle. So not just your healthcare experts, but your economic experts and, and others. And you need to gather them around the, the table uh, and, and, you know, have this, these educated conversations, bringing data to the forefront so that as a group of experts, you know, you can plot the best course. And I think one, one really good way to do that is to look around the world now. You know, we've got, we've got two or three months of experience now with this, with this crisis, with this pandemic. And we've seen some places that are doing it really well, and we've seen some places that are really not doing it well at all. So look around and take some of those lessons from the, from the places that are doing it well. You know, we talk, you've heard a lot about Germany and, and, and South Korea as well. Certainly they've done really well. And, and the way South Korea has done it, for instance, is, um, you know, they've, they've just done, they've just flooded the, the, the market, as they say, with, with testing. Yeah, uh, testing and, and enforced home isolation, especially if you're ill of sick context, you know, is really the way they've very effectively blunted the curve. 
Germany, I think, did a lot of that as well, and also had this surplus ahead of time. They were they were probably better prepared for this from a from an ability to absorb surge uh, than any other country that I've seen. Just their healthcare system's ability to absorb the surge. But you know, one one country that's kind of flown under the radar, who's done extremely well, even better than Germany uh, and, and South Korea, uh, is the Czech Republic. And the Czech Republic has done it by a very, very effective educational program, public education program. It's almost like marketing to the public and really getting the public to buy into the idea of wearing face masks outside. And, and they have this really great video. You can Google it. Uh, it's about a three or four minute video. It's well, very well done. So it's a, like a professional marketing video. Just talking about the idea of, you know, wear a face ma- I'll wear a face mask to protect you. You wear a face mask to protect me. And the, the, pop, the, the population, the public has bought into it. And everybody is wearing face masks when they go out. So they've actually been able to l- limit the social distancing strategies to a certain, to, to a certain degree. Um, but at the same time, everybody's wearing face masks. So they're their infectious rate has really dramatically been kept low, um, uh, much, much lower than many other countries and really has just cruised along. They, they, they haven't gotten a surge yet um, and they've done a really good job. So, I, you know, I, I think we look around the world and we see which of the strategies have really proven to, to work very well. And we try to implement them, uh, you know, here or wherever you're leading. Yes, that's a great point to conclude on, because as you say, we've got a globe of experiments going on right now with different countries approaching it different ways. And obviously there are different reasons for doing that because of local cultures and condition of the healthcare system and all that. But we are seeing a lot of hypotheses being thrown out there about how best to lead the public. You're getting a lot of uh, feedback back and getting good evidence back as to what's working, what's not. We might as well learn from each other as quickly as we can. Because if we're looking at this again in the fall with a, with a second round, uh, we're going to need to be better than we were the first time. We've got to learn as we go. Dr. Greg Ciatone, I want to thank you very much for joining us today. It's great to have you with us. Thank you for being in the fight. To all of our listeners, be ready to lead. We'll see you next time. Thanks very much. This has been another episode of Leader ReadyCast from the National Preparedness Leadership Initiative. Subscribe to Leader ReadyCast wherever you get your favorite podcasts and find out more about us at npli.sph.harvard.edu. Follow us on Twitter at HarvardNPLI. Thanks for listening and be ready to leave.